This Life Ain't For Everybody racks up more downloads per week than any other podcast combined. Yeah, a thousand million. I go above and beyond on that portion of it. It's not like a get up and do a nine to five. <laughs> it's host, Jed Building, is a brilliant broadcaster, outdoorsman, entrepreneur, and snake milker. Who would say that? But he's also a billionaire, former president, you know, friggin' whatever. Everything you're about to hear is real. Real people, real experiences, and real bullshit. When you have to shit your pants, do you do it in front of her? Well, I like to do it in the truck and then lock the windows, you know? They want to make sure that remains private. If I knew the guy that succumbed to that, I would rip his ass. <laughs> Boy, that's funny. This was locker room talk. It makes a little bit more sense now. Kinda. Get ready to experience the audio thrill of a lifetime as Jack Daniels presents This Life Ain't For Everybody with Chad Belding. Chad Belding. What's going on, everybody? Another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody brought to you by our friends Jack Daniels, the original Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Please always remember to enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. This week on the show, This Life Ain't For Everybody, you talk about a life that's not for everybody. It's mixed martial arts. It's Ryan Bader, the current heavyweight champion of the world in Bellator. This guy's life, this conversation, his training regimens, everything that he does to stay in shape year-round, his marriage his kids, his family, his second knockout of Fedor. Can you imagine knocking out the great Fedor, considered by many to be the best heavyweight of all time? That's until Ryan Bader got to him for the second time with that little short left and put him to the canvas in the octagon. Ryan is so humble. He's so fun to talk about. He loves the outdoors. He loves pranks. We talk about his brother-in-law and the pranks that he's uh, thinking about doing, the ones he's done in the past. This guy is an absolute champ. From his days in high school at McQueen High School in Reno, Nevada, being an all-state football player and state champion to an all-American wrestler in high school to getting a full-ride scholarship and becoming a first-team all-American at Arizona State University. And then his career goes off when he wins the Ultimate Fighter, gets a UFC contract, and has an unbelievable career in the UFC, and then takes off for another chapter in Bellator to where he's been a two-time champion in the light heavyweight division, the heavyweight division. He's still the heavyweight champion. He's got another fight coming up. We discuss that fight. We talk about his mindset, his outlook, his discipline, his nutrition, how he kind of eats what he wants, but he keeps it in moderation. Alcohol consumption, party nights, like I said, his family, his wonderful wife, Daisy. We get to a lot of it. I love having Ryan on the show. I consider him a good friend, and I absolutely love watching him fight in the octagon. It's another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. I'm your host, Chad Belding. Thank you to Jack Daniels. Thank you, Ryan Bader, for being on the show again. We're going to break for a real quick commercial with our sponsors, and then we're going to go toe-to-toe with the great Ryan Bader, heavyweight champion of Bellator, once we return. Ryan Bader has made MMA history. He is the first in Bellator history to hold two belts in two weight classes at the same time. American boy, American girl, stand up and we'll always recognize. Jack Daniels presents This Life Ain't For Everybody with Chad Belding. We'll return in a moment. Chad Chad Belding. Belding! Hey, we're back in Nashville. 
Oh man, I wish. <laughs> I wish I was at the Nashville Palace right now in the big room or the little room up front. I just wish I was walking down the hallways to the restroom and looking at all the pictures. Randy Travis got his start here. He was a busboy at the Nashville Palace. John C. Hobbs started the Palace many decades ago. And look where it is today. The strongest positioning in Music Valley. It's right there in the heart of Music Valley. And so many country music stars have graced their stage and continue to grace their stage. From the Daryl Singletary benefit to the Keith Whitley benefit. I saw Lori Morgan on stage this year with Daryl Worley. Saw Hannah Dasher up there. I've seen John Party up there and Leith Lawton and Drake White. Adam Hood and Brent Cobb. Hayes Carl. I've seen so many unbelievable singer-songwriters in the Nashville Palace. Not to mention their food, their menu, their generosity, giving back to the outdoors, conservation, their dedication to excellence, and giving back to Music City USA. We couldn't be more honored to be partnered with the Nashville Palace. So next time you're in Music City USA, Nashville, Tennessee, make sure you stop in and visit the Nashville Palace. Looking for a high-quality truck accessory that's built to last? Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years of experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and perform its best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a hard or soft cover, or accessories to customize your truck, Lear's got you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials, and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level. It's the biggest Bellator bout ever on Jack Daniels presents This Life Ain't For Everybody as Chad Belding and Bellator heavyweight champ Ryan Bader mic up and face off in the cage for a hard-hitting conversation. I think every kid should be in some sort of martial arts. You know, I like the wrestling background because it's different. I just feel like the wrestlers have a different mindset and different drive. It instills everything you need to be successful in whatever you want to do. Live freely, drink responsibly, and enjoy your next cage-side seat while enjoying some of Jack Daniels' original Tennessee Sour Mash whiskey. Now it's fight time with your host, Chad Belding, and Bellator heavyweight champ, Ryan Bader. It's October, right? Yeah. Potentially you're getting like a merger or something like that. So who knows if that starts and that was their last fight they're going to do for Bellator. Good fight. Another eight months, you know, so. What do you mean the, old, the last fight they're going to do for Bellator? I have no idea just what has been in the media, but they, they're talking about a merger potentially with PFL. And so if that happens, you know, they're like, we're going to do one last show, Bellator 300, and then um, figure it out from there. So I didn't want to be caught up in all that mix and be it all of a sudden I'm not fighting until next May or something. What is a potential combination with PFL or merger do for your potential opponents does it bring in a whole new obviously it brings in a whole new mix but anybody on the radar that you'd love to get in the octagon with i mean they, they obviously have uh nick francis nagano you know who's uh boxing tyson fury and that would be a big fight um i haven't paid attention like who's over there too much you know it just wasn't my wheelhouse didn't have to pay attention but that's one you know and it's a big fight and you know he came in and Got himself a, a good purse and all that. And then, you know, guaranteed um, his opponents have to make a minimum of like two million bucks, I think. And you'd go in there and negotiate also on top of that. But that would be a big fight. And that's like kind of like the one name I that comes to mind. What does it mean in a fighter's mind to see that where Nagano says, I mean, Dana White pretty much said you're never welcome back in the UFC. He yeah. questioned the pay. Jake Paul has been noted as talking a lot of smack. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes with like somebody like Dana White and Jake Paul, but like his brother's like the official drink or thirst quencher, I should say, of yeah. the UFC now with with Prime. Um, 
does it piss Dana off, you think, like to do that? Or is he just such a great matchmaker that he's just setting it all up to where maybe one day Nagano and you are fighting in the UFC again because they buy everything? Or Jake Paul does end up fighting Nate, Nate Diaz in the UFC, which makes big money for him. What, what is that all about the fight game? Is it strategy, Bader? No, I don't, I don't think he cares that much, you know. He has... Uh, people are going to tune in to watch UFC. They're the, you know, the biggest organization, uh, mixed martial arts. And yeah, I think people are just going to tune in no matter, no matter what, you know, um, there's always going to be people coming up, you know, and if they can't come to terms with somebody like Nagano, right. You know, and, and I think Nagano wanted a lot more than just more money. You know, he wanted to be on the board, you know, PFL, he wanted this and this. And, you know, I think he just got to be a pain in the ass to Dana White and he kind of let it go. And I don't think Dana thinks twice about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, I uh, left the UFC, I had 20 fights, uh, came over to Bellator, you know, it was more of a, a financial play at that point. I had nothing to prove in the UFC anymore. And it was like, all right, time to get paid basically for what I've been doing my whole life. And so uh, I've been super happy and I love opportunities. So you know, whatever's going on with Bellator and PFL, if there's going to be a merger, some bigger fights, you know, I'm all for something different, different opportunities. Okay, you're all for different opportunities. And I know that we've talked about this before, but if there was ever a potential to rematch John Jones at heavyweight now, because you fought him at 85s or 205s, where'd you fight him at? Yeah, 85s? 205, yeah. Two, Way back 205s. in like- 2011 maybe you've had a lot of ring experience and octagon experience since you're a world-class wrestler your striking has constantly approved you knocked fedor out again in the first round which is amazing is that something that you would love to see before you hang him up if if there was even a a chance of it would you want to fight john jones again yeah that'd be great you know but um yeah i definitely want to get a lot of those back i've grown so much as a fighter person competitor um since then um but it's it's not gonna happen you know he's talking about retiring after this fight coming up you know and I, i'm still under contract um yeah i would love to but you know the way our contracts are and the way you know he might be done you know i have a couple fights left i just don't see that happening what does the up-and-coming opponent in october of 2023 linton vassell what does he challenge Ryan Bader with? What do you? What is your game plan like right now? The day the fight gets announced, do your coaches even have a game plan for this kind of cat? Yeah, do you know um, who he is? Yeah, it's a rematch. I fought him actually. I defended uh, my two hundred five pound title in, in Bellator against him. Uh, I finished him in the second round. Okay, okay. Um, he's a he's a big boy, you know. But he's been fight. His last five fights, he's been uh, he's five and zero at heavyweight, four stoppages. He's a big guy, talented. Our fight was pretty crazy first round, um, and then it kind of wore him down and beat him, uh, TKO'd him on the ground. Um, that being said, you know, a lot can happen in that four or five years that we, you know, that's passed since then. You know, so he's one of those guys that he's he's good, lanky striker, uh, switches stances. He's, he's a good grappler, and he's, uh, you know, he's very tall and strong, you know. So he's definitely one of those guys where going into this fight – He's talented, you know, and you got to know that the first two rounds are going to be hell. Um, but just like the first fight, you know, I wore him down, you know, through with my stamina, grit, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, game plans go in there and mix it up and, and just outlast them, really, and just be the last man standing in there. And, uh, you know, I see us getting a finish. What are you walking around at right now, poundage-wise? 
Uh, probably like right now, I'm a little lighter. Um, 232, 236, and somewhere in between there. You know, we, uh, I'm in Arizona here, and our gym doesn't have air conditioning. So <laughs> we have little swamp coolers that don't really do much. And so it's about 103 to 105 inside the gym, you know, so it's hard to keep weight on, you know, but I've been hitting it hard. I'm always consistent. Part of my success, I'm always in the gym and then, you know, wrapping up this uh, training camp here um, from here on out, you know, I'll gain another five. I'll probably be sitting around 237. How tall are you realistically not on paper? What's your exact height naked? Uh, six one and three quarters, almost six two. Six one and three quarters, almost six two. Do you like fighting in that 230 range or do you wish you could get even heavier? No, because I, I've been heavier. I've been uh, almost 245, I've been 247. And training-wise, I just don't feel – I feel like it's a new body. Yeah, I could be stronger maybe, but I lose my quickness. My my joints don't feel as healthy um, going through a training camp. You lose a little cardio, all that kind of stuff, you know. So, so for me, I, that was my concern when I first came up to heavyweight. Oh, I need to be bigger. And I was sitting around 230, 228. But then I realized like, I, I, I'm just as strong – um, plus, I have a speed advantage and a cardio advantage. So why even why even mess with something you know that's not broken? And so, and I've tried it, but my body kind of always goes down to where it wants to be during fight time, which is around. I don't really know more than two thirty five. When you say that you kind of consistently stay there, do you eat whatever you want, Bader, or do you have a nutritionist oh. that you really have to watch what you're doing? Uh, like especially yeah. especially like now but between now and the fight no i mean i've been pretty blessed around my whole life to have i mean good genetics and metabolism whatever it is i i can pretty much eat whatever i want but you know when i don't have a fight on the books on the calendar i try to keep it pretty decently clean you know during the week and then you know if we're going out dinner or whatever eating with the kids if i i don't shy away from eating something bad um, you know, and I'm, like I said, I'm always working. I'm always in the gym. I'm always doing something. I'm always active. I, I'm not the type of guy that'll sit down and watch Netflix or anything like that. You know, I'll maybe watch a show an hour before I go to bed. And other than that, I'm on my feet and I'm moving. And my wife's kind of the same way. And so we kind of feed off each other and, and you know, kids sports and all that. So I can roll, eat whatever I want. And I, I don't have a nutritionist. You know, I have coaches. I, my strength conditioning coach kind of helps, but I have a pretty good grasp on how my body performs and what it needs. And it's just real food, you know, um, just any kind of meat, vegetables, some carbs, I need carbs, white rice, sweet potatoes. I just keep it basic. And then uh, it's been good, good to me. I got to ask this before we get back to the fight game. Have you yeah. pulled any, have you pulled any great pranks lately on your brother-in-law on Daisy? Have you, have you effed around with anybody lately, Bader? Because that's some of the funniest shit, know. you know, I some of the pranks that. you've done. Why are you doing that. it? You, got, you have to have a whole channel just on Bader pranks. I know. I, I kind of got away from it because number one, he was having a baby and I was like, all right, I'll leave him alone for a little while. And then it got to the point where like I kept up in the ante, right. And I'd have to, shoot him with a 22 or something to keep going up. You know, it got to the point where I was, I stun gunned him. I put a scorpion on him, hate scorpions, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what else can I do besides shoot him? <laughs> Push him out of a moving airplane yeah, or a moving like train, something that he's not expecting at all. Are you, 
I got to ask you this. Can you, is there any reason why a young person shouldn't get into wrestling? The reason I ask is I met a kid yesterday in my gym with my trainer and it was the weirdest combination. He's tall. He had kind of a flat, you could tell he was a pitcher in a baseball team, right? Yeah. But he's wearing a Chico state wrestling shirt. And I'm like, well, maybe he's got a brother. So I get introduced to him and and Raw goes, Chad, He's kind of like you. He loves wrestling, but he actually wrestles and plays baseball. He's a stud pitcher. But, and I felt, I I thought that was kind of different. You know, that's not a a common, you see wrestling and fighting or wrestling and MMA, wrestling and football, but baseball and, and the way he was built, I was like, damn, you, you look like a lengthy pitcher, but is there any reason that you would ever tell somebody not to get into wrestling at a a young age? No, I mean, it'd be more you know, kids and stuff, their, their mindset, you know, um, I think there's a fine line be pushing like a kid into something and, and making them grit it out and then grind it out and, and get through it and all that. And the other flip side is like, if they hate it and don't want to do it, um, I'm kind of like, you know, don't make them do it. Um, obviously I love wrestling. I love what it gave me, um, the dedication, that work ethic. I think it's great for obviously, MMA and different sports, but I think it's great as a, you know, turn you into a, a good human being and great for business later on and all that kind of stuff. I'm um, just teaching you kind of like all the life skills that you need. I think it, every kid should be in some sort of martial arts nowadays, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, I like the wrestling background because it's just different. Um, but you know, Muay Thai Jiu Jitsu, it's all good. Um, I just feel like the wrestlers have a different mindset and different drive. Hundred percent, like their mind. I, I've I've had Kyle Dake on here. I've had David Magic Man Taylor. Yeah, I've got to talk with lots of wrestlers like yourself. You're an All American from Arizona State, one of the top programs in the country still. Yeah. Um, it's something I wish I'd have done more of. I think that not that it would have put me in the octagon, but you know, at a, I'm older than you, I'm 48 now. So it's not like I would have had a career in MMA, but I just think like going into business and community leadership yeah. and raising a family, getting through the ups and downs, the ebb and flows of life. I just see a lot of great mentality with wrestlers. Like they're well-mannered mm-hmm. young men. And I hope that's true for the next generation and the generations to come because man, you can't walk into a wrestling room and and see somebody, they're not going to come up and pop off. They're going to respect you. Their coaches expect that. I I just, I love the entire culture of USA wrestling, world wrestling, folk wrestling, freestyle wrestling, collegiate wrestling. Is it the number one tool set that you have to have to get to where you've gotten an MMA? Do you owe it to wrestling? I know that your hands are there, but has your wrestling opened up all of those solid rights and left crosses that you land and knock people out on the cheekbone? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say it's probably 90% of it, you know. Um, the other half is, you know, building up different skills or whatever. But, um, man, I, I got through most of my UFC career just being a wrestler, you know. I didn't really know how to jab until 10 fights into the UFC, you know. I just one of those things where I just got with the right coach and I was able to, you know, pick up some stuff. But it's, it's one of those deals where it instills everything you need to be successful in whatever you want to do. You know, for us, it's taking that mentality that we had in high school and college and going into a mixed martial arts gym and be like, okay, what do I need to work on? I'm going to work on this. I'm going to drill it and I'm going to drill it till I, I can't get it wrong, basically. You know, and mixed martial arts was appealing to me because, you know, I wrestled my whole life. I was kind of burned out, sick of it. It's hard, you know, and, and um, it opened up different avenues where, all right, you know, I get to train jiu jitsu, striking throw my wrestling in there, MMA wrestling, all that kind of stuff and boxing. 
you know, so it was a, it was a lot more fun for me, but my foundation was always wrestling. And my, my fighting style is 90% wrestling because, you know, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to faint and you don't know if it's that right straight, right hand, a takedown or that weird left hook, you know, because you're, you're biting on that little wrestling faint the whole time, you know, and I might do, might throw a takedown afterwards. So my whole, I mean, stand up is really, it's not boxing. You don't have to look pretty out there and throw these combos. It's mixed martial arts. You just got to put your, your glove on somebody's face, you know, or set it up with a takedown or, you know, set your strikes up with the takedown. So I'm, I would say, you know, I attribute like 90% of what I'm doing to, you know, what I've done in the past with the, my wrestling career ever since I was seven years old, you know, and gradually and compounding when I got to, you know, 12, 13, kind of wrestling year round, freestyle, in school, all that kind of stuff. The fighting style, Michael Chandler specifically, um, taught when I think Brian Bader, you know, going to the same high school and watching you elevate yourself and winning the ultimate fighter. Are, are you watching that by chance this season at all with him and Connor? You say you don't watch TV, but have you caught any of that? Yeah, I was actually out there with him. Um, I was just one of his assistant coaches for the first, like, three weeks. Wait a minute. On TV? Yeah. They don't show me too much, but... Uh, Dana, but, allow- I, Dana allowed this? Yeah. We got it cleared by Bellator and UFC, you know, and when I went in there. Um, Dana was actually super cool. He pulled me in his office, talked to me for a while. Um, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, so we went in there, and uh, I just kind of helped out. I was only supposed to be there for five days. And then I went in there um, right at the beginning. I met all the, you know, all the guys that are fighting, trying to get back to UFC or trying to get to UFC. You know, I told Mike, I'm like, I'm going home on the weekends, but I'll be back. And so I, I came back for three weeks total during the week. And uh, it was a fun time. And, and to watch these guys kind of grow and fulfill their dreams. And some of them were, you know, half of them are vets. And so they're coming back and trying to get an, another shot, you know, and we had all the vets. And so it was uh, kind of older guys. and They were easy to, uh, well, not say mold, but, you know, get in their brains and, and give them little things. They know how to fight, but give them little things that might just be, you know, that much they need to, to be successful in the fight. With him as your friend and what you've seen him do in the octagon in the UFC, mm-hmm. he, he hasn't won a lot in the UFC, but... He's exciting to watch, yeah. but he beats the shit out of people, but he yeah. takes a beating. Like I, you've never taken a beating like that, that I know of. Okay. Yeah, like, like he gets beat, he gets beat, but he's always in the fight. Um, yeah. His mentality stays positive. He's coaching now. He doesn't get to fight Connor. If I, if I know what I'm talking about, right. That's he didn't, uh, Connor didn't, he didn't, didn't enter USADA. So he's not, or is that still on the table? Uh, it's on the table. Um, he can't fight this year, I believe. And then he said he doesn't want to fight Chandler anymore. And he wants to fight Gaethje, you know, but I think Dana just came out and said, you know, McGregor tries to rile people up and that he is fighting Chandler. So, you know, hopefully Chandler gets that fight. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Chandler's like you said, he's won over a ton of fans, became a fan favorite, you know. And we are we're joking with him on that show, and just in general, you're like, are you gonna follow a game plan? He's like, probably not, you know. And uh, more power to him, you know. He knows what he wants to do. Um, he doesn't have a lot of a lot of fights left in him, you know. So he's gonna go out, you know, with a bang and with a show. Does it worry you as a fighter when you see somebody take that kind of abuse? Does, and I'm talking for the next 30, 40 years down yeah. the road, Bader. Does it does it weigh on your mind? It's always there, right? And you're like, okay. Myself and Phil Davis are two of the least hit guys in the UFC, and they, they keep stats for that. You know, and I really haven't been 
one fight I got I got uh, hit pretty good a couple of times in Bellator. But other than that, like I pride myself on that, you know. And uh, some of these other guys, I mean, yeah, you know. But we all signed up up for this sport. We know where we're getting into. Um, I try to mitigate like as much as possible in training. I really don't spar anymore. And if we do, it's lighter, more work and being quick and fast. And then, yeah, I've done that for a long time now. Um, and when we were in training camp, I'll spar kind of hard, you know, once a week. And that's for about seven weeks. And so I mitigated like different stuff like that, you know, but me going back, you know, I played football, got into MMA, you know, obviously wrestled and all that. It's on, it's on your mind, but you know, I feel great. And, and I know a lot of my other, uh, colleagues do too and there's some that are like don't feel so hot you know so it is a little scary to watch them go down that road i kind of feel that if you were in harm's way like that that your wife would be your last line she would be like you're done and you you're not arguing with her right no no i've (laughs) I've got a good group of of people around me my coaching my coaching staff they're not they're not going to sit there and be like hey one more one more they're not like that at all you know and 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 they've kind of said it before you know um I mean, this is like probably three or four fights ago, still on top, having the belt. You know, they're like, hey, let's have this conversation. What are you thinking? You know, don't stick around. Like, go out on top. You know, don't stick around until, you know, you lose five in a row or something like that and all knockouts and whatnot. And that that won't be me. You know, like I said, I just turned 40 in June and I have – I mean, a couple fights left, and, and then I'll be done. And then what, Bader? Let me guess. Hold on a second. You're going to keep your gym, and you are going to coach because you're great with that. I'm assuming maybe not full-time, but I are you going to uh, – have a lodge up in the mountains, kind of like more than a bed and breakfast. You might even offer outfitting for hunting and fishing there trips, you snowmobiling. Go. You're probably going to have to get out of Arizona or maybe go to Flagstaff if you want the snow. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking you and the fam are going to be mountain people and raising a, you know, kind of starting a new little business in the outdoors. Is, am I close? Well, we, we do have a place we're, we're building up in Payson, which is an hour and a half away from uh, Phoenix. So you're, you're Spot on right there. Um, we'll keep our place down here too. Um, I'll be involved in the, in the coaching, coaching side a little bit, but it's not going to be my focus really. You know, the, we got a couple of good guys coming up, you know, Sully Colby he's from, he's from Reno. He's, he's fighting uh, on Friday in Bellator. You know, he's doing really well, you know, I'll stick around with him and help him out and stuff like that. Um, you know, and I got my hands in different stuff right now. I'm trying to set myself up where, I'm good to go whenever I want to be done with mixed martial arts, you know, um, invested with its tequila company. Casa Comos is like number three in the world right now. Good you know, and, uh, got into a little bit of the bar business with a couple of buddies, you know, just have different stuff and, and, uh, equity partner and, uh, battle bars, these, uh, really good protein bars. And they're coming out with some different stuff and they do really well, um, stuff like that. And then I'm on, uh, I'm on the board for outdoor experience for all, and what that is, is it's in Arizona, you cannot buy tags, right? You can't, there's no landowner tags or anything like that for hunting. Um, so what happens is people don't like the year, the drought, or they have a wedding, they can't make it. They can turn, say it's a lot of points, say it's 23 points for an early bull tag. They turn that tag in and go to these foundations, which take you know 100% disabled vets and, and children with life-threatening illness and disease and they can get the tags. And so I'm on the board with that organization, super cool organization. And, you know, we have, 
you know, we just got a couple uh, early bull tag archery in September that we gave away to a, um, a couple vets and I'll go help out with that. I help out with, you know, three, four, many as I can hunts a year, you know, with them. And that's uh, one of my favorite things to do, you know, so uh, getting more involved with, with that organization there too. Okay. A couple questions first. Um, that's going to be my third question on the organization. First one is, can I try these bars? Are they high in sugar and high in carbohydrates, but also high in protein? I'm looking for a bar, Ryan Bader at 48 years old. Yeah. I got a little, I got a little chub on the belly, but I'm really down. I'm down about at 18 and 19 pounds since May 6th. Been doing the carnivore adult a lot, but the carnivore gets tough. I love elk steaks. I love duck. I love beef, whatever, Yeah. but meat, meat gets Oh, yeah, I love oh, sushi. Yeah. I love sushi, but it's so freaking hard just to eat just sashimi all the time, Bader. Yeah. I love that sticky rice, right? Yeah. So I sometimes I don't really get a sweet tooth, but if it's high in protein, yeah. are these bars also high in, in carbohydrates and sugar though also? I'll have to check. They're pretty good in sugar, but I'll have to check on the uh, the carbs. Uh, Can you send me some to try if I give yeah, you an address I'll, yeah, and I'll, I'll pay? You, uh, I'll get you a batch out. So, you know, I, I got involved with this because I love the, the people behind it. It's all all veterans, and it's almost like a crispy rice protein, you know. Um, like a rice cake, kind of. Almost. It's almost like a rice crispy treat, but it has oh. that good stuff in there, collagen, protein, all that kind of stuff. And they taste good, most importantly. You know, everybody would give them to. And they're, uh, they're awesome, you know. And so um, they're doing well, and they're uh, – they won a 7-Eleven, you know, uh, little market, and they're doing the national tests. And so they'll be big when they roll out to 7-Eleven nationwide. And so, uh, yeah, yes. they're, uh, they're very good. And we got some protein coming out, which everybody's doing protein. But this one, they just sent it to me. I mean, it's it tastes really good, and it's good for you. It doesn't have all that artificial crap in it and stuff like that. You know, and most of those taste like dog shit, but this this one's good. All right, we're outside the octagon with Ryan Bader, and we need to cut to a break. When we return, we'll jump headfirst into tequila with Darth Bader. On this episode of Let's Get to Know Chad Building Better, we'll be getting to know Chad Building better. So Chad, what music are you playing right now? Playing some Whiskey Myers. And who would you say is your all-time best friend? Jerry the Vox, voice of an angel, the songbird of our generation. Cody Jinks, Adam Hood, Brent Cobb, Leith Lofton, Chris Knight, Travis Tritt, Waylon. Who knows? Final question. It's been rumored that you started numerous rock bands and were the original lead singer in most of them. Which bands were they? Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Seven Dust, Slipknot maybe? I don't know. Quiet Riot, Def Leppard, Molly Crew. <laughs> Huh, never heard of them. I don't want that to be forgotten. I don't want that to be taken for granted. It's because there's no ego. There's no one-uppers. Jack Daniels presents This Life Ain't For Everybody with Chad Belding. We'll return in a moment. Chad Belding! We cook a lot, and we like our wild game to be legit. Our recipes mean a lot to us. Out of the box, unorthodox thinking, that provider mentality. We eat what we harvest. We eat what we catch. I love the organic lifestyle and nutrition and diet. We eat wild game seven days a week in one meal, sometimes two and three meals. My daughter, Alyssa, loves eating wild game. My nephew, Chase, all of our family has grown up and still lives on the value of sustainability. And Napa Valley olive oil is there for us. The Particelli family are hunters. They're fishermen, they're outdoorsmen, they're gatherers, they're providers. They are old Italian heritage that loves the outdoors. And this product, Napa Valley Olive Oil, located in the wine country of Napa, it's an amazing place. The store is amazing. The salamis, the cheeses, the fresh Italian meats, the sodas, the pastas. 
all of the different anchovies, everything that you need to do to be a complete outdoor chef. And even if you're cooking domestically, Napa Valley olive oil is bottled old school style. The brand is amazing. The flavor is amazing. The culture of Napa Valley olive oil, the friendship we have with Ray Ray and Dante and Jules and Stefano and the entire family, the entire Particelli clan means the world to us. Get online, NapaValleyOliveOil.com and order the different flavored oils, the garlic, the lemon, you name it, they have it. It's Napa Valley Olive Oil. We're proud to have them in all of our recipes at The Foul Life, The Foul Life TV on the Outdoor Channel and The Provider Life. Look for more recipes at TheProviderLife.com. Get yourself a provider cookbook. Napa Valley Olive Oil is all over it. Thank you to the Particelli family and thank you all for supporting the brands that support us. Let's rejoin the heavyweight talk on Jack Daniels Presents This Life Ain't For Everybody with Chad Belding and Bellator champ Ryan Bader. That's brought to you in part by Jack Links, Resist All Hats, Oakley, and Mickey Thompson Tires. You're listening to Jack Daniels Presents This Life Ain't For Everybody, and we've got the Bellator heavyweight champion Ryan Bader in our corner today. So before the break, you mentioned tequila. What's funny is I don't particularly like really enjoy tequila like sipping on tequila yeah for me my my wife started nick i got the nickname the gorilla from drinking tequila and so <laughs> it, it, it puts me in that gorilla mode you know so um yeah and i, I enjoy some bourbon whiskey yeah tequila i just gotta be i gotta be careful with and so i guess the answer for me is no you know if do i do you enjoy wanted, a whiskey do you enjoy a jack daniels once in a while yeah but whiskey is one of those ones too gets me the little a little crazy also, but beer, I can drink vodka. Vodka doesn't do much to me, but yeah, I, it depends on where I'm at. If I'm around friends, some whiskey, some bourbon, awesome. If I'm out anywhere, I'll just stick to beer. Will you drink now between now and, and fight night? No. Uh, so I have, I've got a little event this weekend, and then I'll be about eight weeks out on Friday. And so that's kind of my cutoff. You know, um, if there's some going off, we have a wedding. I might have like two drinks or something like that. But you know, for me, it's a, it's a more of mental deal. If I if I look back in training camp and I'm like, all right, I did everything I needed to do physically, but then nutrition and I wasn't drinking, wasn't partying. It just gives me that much more drive, really. And when I've, I've been in fights, when they've been hard, and and my whole deal, I think that I've I've won a lot of fights. It's just outlasting people and obviously physically, but more on the mental side being like, I'm not going to quit and I'm going until the bell rings, you know, and we'll just see who won at the end of that. And I've been able to do that in a lot of fights and pull out a victory. Do you consider yourself a person that gets FOMO? Because to me, like a fight camp would give me an unbelievable amount of FOMO. Like, yeah. what's like you can't really go out because you're not going to drink. You're not going to take a chance of anything going wrong. Yeah. You can't you can't take a chance of somebody messing with your old lady and you got to pop them one because pretty, yeah. you'll probably go to prison because your hands are probably registered or you don't want to break a hand because yeah. you got a fight. Like, do you get FOMO bad? And I also see like after retirement, do you get to live out a lot of your life that you might not have done being a fighter? Because I know you're a great father also, and the yeah. kids come first and foremost. Do you let go a little bit more after your fighting career's over, you think? You know, we we have fun. My, my wife's a lot of fun. We have a good group of friends. And so I'm not missing out on anything really, you know. And yeah, I mean, sometimes you have FOMO in, in the middle of training camp, but I actually enjoy it because I, I know it, it's like – all right, I can have fun for this amount of months or whatever, but then fights book and I know I'm going to be serious and have that time off 
and be dedicated and, and, uh, you know, train my ass off and, and be healthy. And I like that time in the year when I, when I have those camps, you know, and then afterwards, that's the best feeling in the world. When you go out there, you know, you put together a great camp, you work your ass off, you go out there and you get a victory and it's like all the pressure's off and then you can really enjoy life for a little while. And then, uh, you know, I, I think after I'll probably be better because now you have a fight. Say you have three fights a year, you know, you're trying to squeeze all your fun in, in a couple months, you know, and that gets old too, you know, before you have to go in training camp again, you know, so I'll probably just spread it out a little more. Yeah. I could see how those times when you're in camp, man, they just get you so clear headed, your instincts, mm-hmm. your sleep, your sleep schedule is so important. Yeah. And alcohol consumption and partying messes up your sleep schedule to it. I mean, a lot of people automatically think, well, I'm, I get drunk and I pass out. No, you don't sleep as well when you're drinking alcohol, the yeah. studies show. So has sleep always been, when you're a fighter at ASU, it's probably not as important. And 25 when you're in the UFC was yeah. important. Now at 40, how awesome is sleep for recovery? It's great. You know, when I was, uh, when I was 19 years old at ASU, you know, we'd go out and party on Friday. I, I was redshirting, but we'd, uh, we'd have to show up and, and run at 545, run Squaw Peak here in Arizona. You know, we'd go and party till 330 and get an hour of sleep and go and run the hill and then go to the uh, complex and lift and come back and take a nap and then go out and party again. You know, obviously, as we both know, you get a little older, hurts a little more. So, uh, yeah, at our age, I mean, sleep is huge. That's probably the number one recovery tool, or is it the number one recovery tool? Um, and this last, what, I mean, I got with these guys last training camp, and they did, you know, I wore all the, you know, the whoop or the aura ring and tracked my sleep and all that. We got it down to where, you know, I was, I was getting a recovery notice, whatever, in the morning that I was good, you know, where usually it would be, Oh, you're in the red. You need to take a day off. You need to rest. And you kind of like, all right, shut up. I'm going to go hard again, whatever, you know, but we dialed that in and it made a big difference in how I felt through training camp. You know, the fight, you're going to, you're going to go easier that week of, and you're going to be feel good. But throughout the training camp, you know, I was getting good recovery in my sleep and it made a huge difference for sure. And I didn't get the, the mental downs in training camp, like you're four weeks in and, all of a sudden you're like, man, I suck. I can't last a round. And I was just doing five rounds last week. It's just your body breaking down and, and you pull back a little bit. You're not getting your recovery needs and you're not getting good enough sleep. And that starts messing with your sleep. And it's just a a spiral, you know? So it's, it's definitely huge. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And it's so obvious when you don't get it. Yeah. How bad your day is. I'm not saying that a mentally strong person can't get through it, but anything from, talking on the phone i'm doing a lot of filming all the time and my the way that i perceive myself on camera and i if i don't get the right amount of sleep I, i'm just not on my a game oh yeah um you all you have you actually just picked up my last quit my next question was with sleep how important is hydration and have you always remember when we were at mcqueen lancers and you'd have the you'd push down on the pressure and you had the water hose at football and you yeah. couldn't wait for a water break yeah. um wrestling practice same thing you're losing so much water weight you got to replenish it hydration is key but do you supplement at all ryan are you a are you a creatine guy do you use any kind of uh liquid ivs stuff do you replace your salts are you watching that all the time in your camps and how important is hydration to be a world-class fighter yeah i mean today like i said gym's hot i do a ton of electrolytes because 
I mean, a nice day right now, it's 107, you know. <laughs> um, we were like 118, you know. So I, I lose a ton of salt anyway. I wake up in the morning, I drink 32 ounces of electrolyte water, you know, salt, potassium, all that, um, before I do anything for coffee or anything. And then uh, throughout the day, I'm trying to put as much water in me as, a, as possible. We'll lose 10 pounds in that gym in one training session, you know. So getting that back in. It's not just about putting fluid back in you. It's keeping it in you. And that's where the salt and everything comes in. Supplement wise, I, I never really have been, but I have been the last couple of years just trying to get, I mean, even if it's a 1% advantage, you know? And so, um, like I said, I got with that, uh, those guys uh, really respected in that, that space. And, and they kind of laid out a plan for me. They did my blood work. Um, I had to do everything, pee in a cup, shit in a cup, spit in a cup. And they basically got every marker of my body and what I need. Um, and so um, that's kind of cool to see. And like foods that I have to stay away from, which are many, but I'm kind of your basic supplement guy, creatine. I'll do your protein. I had some adrenal things going on. So they just have me on some uh, glutathione and some adrenal flow, it's called uh, fish oil and magnesium. And that's about it. Being in shape and at your age now, in five years, maybe eight years, you're gonna have to start colonoscopies. I just had my first one. There you go. Wasn't bad. Yeah. But my dad also died at 54 from a massive heart mm. attack in 2006, which you know. I'm very anal about cardiologist visits, my blood pressure, my cholesterol, my blood work, uh, my consumption of food. Like I'm a red meat freak, but I watch everything and I do yeah. have to take a supplement for that. Are you anal about that? Do your genetics show? I know that your you've lived, your grandpa's lived a long time. You got great genetics, but do you stay up on that as well as far as your future of those type of health issues could pertain to? I wish I could say I did. Uh, I'm pretty in tune with my body, but I need to be, like I said, just turned 40. I need to be more vigilant in Making those appointments, you know, maybe I, like going to the dermatologist. So I'm out here in the sun all the time, you know, going to the dentist, all that kind of stuff. Um, like you said, it's five years or so about time to do all the old man stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> I need to. I mean, all of my grandparents are still alive, you know, I've been pretty fortunate with that. You know, they're getting older. Um, but, yeah, I, I need to. And I have, like I said, I've been I'm pretty in tune with my body to the point where, say, your knee's feeling weird, Right. I can tell if it's something like I, I need to go do something about this or all right, it's a little little bump or a little tweak or whatever like that. I've been pretty good throughout my career of noticing that, you know, my body's been pretty resilient. You know, I think just from doing wrestling, do, you know, playing football and all that kind of stuff and in the contact and all that throughout my life, you know, um, going back to what that, that health thing I did, before last camp, you know, I did a DEXA scan, a bone scan, and the guy was like, yeah, you're a top 0.1% of the population in bone density and strength. And he's, you know, really strong bones. And he's like, I've seen you. He's like, I've done tens of thousands of these, and I've seen you and one other NFL guy have this, these type of bones, you know? And so uh, I broke my hand one time in a fight. It was the only thing I've ever broken in my life. I threw an uppercut and just caught him on that one knuckle. I felt it kind of snap. I don't know what it feels like. I've never broken a bone. I hit him again. I felt it kind of like cock, cock, cock. And then I'm like, all right, can't be using that anymore. I wrestled him and elbowed him and ended up winning the fight. But that was the only bone I've broken. You've never broken a finger or anything in football or any of that, huh? Nothing. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of hard to believe. 
Yeah, I mean, knock on wood here, but yeah, just that one fight. That's the only thing. And I've had one, one knee clean out, and that was it. When you got that DEXA, what was your body fat? Oh, I forget. I'd have to go go back and look. It was before camp, so I think like 14% or something like that. You walk around at 14. I was 23.7 when I started this on a DEXA. Right now I'm at 18. I want to get to there 15. I want to get to 15 at 48 years old. I got I got about another 65. I, I, my birthday is October 21st. So before I hit 49, I want to be at 15%. My trainer yeah. thinks I can do it. I don't know if it's the vanity in me. You know the song, yeah. You're So Vain? Vanity plays a big role in it because I don't, I don't want to be fat. You're not. I don't think I don't think anybody wants to be. I don't think you can be comfortable, bro. I don't think, and I'm going somewhere with this because a lot of athletes when they get out of that stage of their competitiveness, I've seen guys, and you're like, holy shit, you better chill out. You know, like you got yeah. you gotten big because now they're not training. They're not. They don't have the coaching staff to keep them on tune in the gym. Do you ever see yourself going that route or are you no. so mentally wired with that wrestling mentality that you're never going to be obese? Well, I've seen a bunch of my buddies. Usually it's like the, the smaller 103 pounders or 25 pounders that blow up and they're like 190, you know, just sloppy. And it's a lot of it. They don't want to cut weight more anymore, and well, they're not going to cut weight. But they're from cutting weight. They have a like a gluttonous kind of deal later on in life, where they're like, "Oh, you know, I went through this cutting weight my whole life. I need to eat everything." You know, um, no, I don't. I don't see myself. I, I think all. I mean, I like to keep a little fat on me in training camp and all that. Like I'm pretty lean right now, and I'm almost too lean. I feel like. I mean, if it makes sense just like injury wise and stuff like that. Um, but I, afterwards I'm going to, I'll probably be, I'll probably want to be around 225, you know, lose a little weight and be, you know, be a little skinnier and, and uh, you know, keep a little bit of that mass off, you know, and, and just like you, I'm a vain motherfucker too, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, I like to look good and, you know, have, uh, have abs and all that. So, you know, as long as I can. And for me, I think the biggest thing for me, I tell my wife, I'm like, you got to walk the dog, right? If I'm somewhere and we're like cooped up for two days, like I'm, I'm like a crazy dog that needs to go out for a long run. You know, I need to be stimulated. I need to have, I need to work out whether that could be hiking or go out in the backyard and do, you know, a hundred sprawl drills or something like that. You know, I need to have that, you know, if we go on vacation after two days, like I need to do something and it resets me. Otherwise I go insane. Yeah. It's crazy to me that we're not all wired like that. I'm the same way. Like I work out yeah. seven days a week, if not six days a week. If I don't, I'm loopy. Yeah. I, I, I've always asked myself, how could, I know people that have quit playing high school or junior college or four, you know, division one, division two college sports and have never been in the gym since and they're in their and they're in their 40s and i'm like are you how do you do that i haven't missed a day yeah since i got out of high school you know what i mean i've never taken time off and if i didn't i would i don't have good genetics i promise you i don't have good genetics i don't understand the mentality of not getting cooped up and having to get on a run or i mean i'll see a heel and be like i'm doing it 10 times right now I might have to walk four of them, but I'm doing it. You know, like it's crazy to me that our country is so out of shape when I travel and you travel too. And I'm not, I'm not judging to each their own, but dang it, guys and girls, we only get one shot, Bader. You only get one time at this, you know, depending on your spirituality, I'm talking about this life we're in right now. 
I am, man. I look in the mirror and I'm like, ah, oh, not bad. Not bad. I need to work on that. I'm going to, you know, I wish you could do that one thing where you spot, what is it called? When you like, if you got a little bit too much fat on your pecs, you can like spot decrease or whatever. You can't oh, yeah. do it. Like you lose yeah. weight where you're going to, unless you get an operation. But so you mentioned you're on the board of, of these tags and, and giving back to different foundations. Is this something that our listeners can get involved in to help out with? Or is it, or is it kind of a private gig? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I'll, uh, I'll send you something after. I don't know if it's live or not, but um, a little QR code that, you know, they can, uh, we're doing, we do a little gala once a year, um, just like you'd see in the, you know, Rocky Mountain Elk Society, whatever. And we raise most of our money through that. You know, I came on on the board as a younger guy, even though I'm 40 years. Got it started. They're all a little older and they, they kind of have that mentality, um, but they're trying to get new ways to, to raise funds for, you know, these camps that we have for the female vets and, and, you know, some of these guys can, we can give them a tag and they can go out and hunt with a buddy or by themselves. And some of them, they can't, you know, and last year we had four September tags, three rifle, one muzzy, um, in units that are basically divided by highway. And so we had them all four at my in-laws ranch up in Payson, you know, cook for all, all of them, you know, just came out of our own pocket, which we love to do, you know, but we had a Vietnam vet, we had two female vets. We had one of them was a nun, one-eyed nun with an eye patch. She's attached to the Marines. It got blown up. And then we had a uh, still Team Six guy, one of my buddies out there. You know, and we all we got them all bulls. You know, in, wow, in a how week. Cool. And it was awesome. It's one of the best experiences that I I can imagine. You know, and just and they get around each other, the camaraderie. They're telling these stories. If some people are going through hard times, the other vets will jump in. This is how they got out of their rut. All that kind of stuff. So. It's so re- rewarding, but um, yeah. So anyway, so we're doing um, a little new thing. It's kind of basically what it is, is, is you round up on your credit card and it's $10 minimum a month. You can put a hundred bucks, you know, where it stops at a hundred dollars a month. And then basically you download your, your write off at the end of the year and you write it all off and it goes to uh, this great organization and I'll, uh, I'll send you um, the page for that. And if anybody wants to do that, it's a great way to give back. And, and I only get involved with organizations and foundations that give all the money back to where it needs to go. You see all these other organizations that are like 80% administration fees and, and 20% goes to where it needs to go. And, and I think this bullshit, you know, so I'm really involved in two. It's outdoor experience for all. And I'm doing the uh, special forces charitable trust. I, I throw a dinner in Arizona and we do a celebrity shoot off with the Green Berets in Fort Bragg in December, which is super cool. Dan Henderson's involved in that too. Um, but I'll, I'll give you the QR code and, and they can, uh, uh, if they want, you know, they can do a minimum of 10 bucks or whatever they want to do, just round it up what they spend on their credit card. If it's, you know, $9.50, it'll just round it up 50 cents until you hit your you your wall that you put, which could be 50 bucks, 25 bucks, 100, whatever. Yeah, I want to personally get involved and I know a lot of our listeners will support that. Anything that has to do with military or first responders. Um, we're involved in a big 9-11 thing right now. We're going to release a one-hour special on remembering 9-11 on 9-11 this year oh, on the Outdoor Channel because so many firefighters continue to perish from the cancers they yeah. got from working at Ground Zero. So we're we're going to highlight that. I just had one in town for four days. He just left yesterday morning. We went to New York last year and hunted with them in upstate New York. Then we went okay. down into we went down into the city, into Queens and the Bronx, and filmed at their firehouses. Um, went over to Ground Zero and saw the Freedom Tower. I mean, it's just 
it's bewildering what happened still two decades later so if you have a chance to get involved their other brother ryan bader his name was chris he didn't get accepted into the new york fire he didn't graduate from the academy he didn't get he didn't get a job as a firefighter coming out of the academy so 9-11 happens 2002 he doesn't get accepted. 2003, he enters the Marine Corps, goes over to Afghanistan to fight against the Taliban and gets killed in theater over there. And this story, you're just like, I mean, what wow. the fuck? Like, you're, it's crazy. So we're going to highlight it. We're going to showcase it because yeah, quite frankly, know. without guys like you that are doing what you do, people forget about this shit, man. We, you don't, my, do. I had a, I had a teacher come in here from San Diego last week. I have another teacher coming in here from Nevada today to do interviews for this episode. And it's not in the curriculum in either one of their school counties. You can choose to talk about it, but it's not even in the curriculum for history. Wow. I mean, it's the worst day on American soil yeah. in the history of our country. 100%. It's, it's crazy. And the other thing um, that you'll love about this is that these celebrity friends, I'd love to have one from you, where you were, what yeah. you remember. You were a young man. I mean, you yeah, were 20s. Yeah, I remember. I was at ASU. Yeah, I was in the dorm. Yeah. If I could get a video, like, here's who I got. Yeah. Green Berets, SEAL Team Sixes, Admiral Joe McGuire, Scott Stewart, who's a Green Beret who took a bullet for our country in Afghanistan, Aaron Lewis. Toby Keith just sent me one today, bro, that I was just like, Bader, he literally sits there and tells me what he was feeling and how he was at the gym so pissed off. And he's, he, he asks, he's gets a pin out of the office at the gym and he just starts writing lyrics. Uncle Sam, put your name at yeah. the top of his. And he says he wrote that song in 20 minutes. No kidding. We're just blasting at- that at 4th of July. At the I mean, at at, at the gym, wow. and he goes he goes through. I wrote, and he's letting us use it. Um, Daryl Worley, have you forgotten? We're gonna get to use that song on this special. So all of these celebrities of Ted, Uncle Ted Nugent sent yeah. me one that makes your skin just go goosebumps, man. It's so we're gonna we're gonna air this nine eleven special. Um, I'd love for you to make me a little yeah. sixty second video of you on your iPhone of what I you know. remember and how we need to remember and how we need to keep remembering it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love to have you in there, but. Man, I can't wait for this next fight. I know it's going to be a victory. I one of the last question of my four that I was going to tell you is your fights in October. I need a commitment on this show that you're going to come duck hunting. I want to see if you can shoot a shotgun. I was going to interrupt you. I'm like, I need to come duck hunting, and like I said, I have a couple fights left and get those done, and then I'll have all the time in the world. You know, it's crazy. This fall, I have I have seven tags. Dang, dude. You're going to need to turn some in or you're going to be in really good shape. Yeah, I'm going to go to New Mexico on 25th here on Antelope, which a bunch, a bunch of uh, seals. And then I'm going to go. I got those. I'm going to help out on those two archery. Those aren't mine, but I have two Wyoming tags, an elk and a deer tag. I have two coos deer tags down here in Arizona, bull tag in Arizona. Then I'm go hunt here. I'm going down to uh, Mexico and hunt coos deer down in Mexico. Good freaking night, dude. Not good bad. Good luck. So if I find an open open time, I'll come down duck kind of but I'm gonna get you some dates. Yeah. But definitely get you some dates. not too far off from uh being done fighting, so we'll have all the time in the world. Yeah, I can't wait to hang with you. Um Jack Daniels hot seat, quick fire questions with the great heavyweight champion of the world, Bellator, Ryan Bader, one of the best fighters on earth right now. If you had to choose a new walkout song today what would it be and if you can't name the exact song what genre of music do you want when you come to the octagon so i come out to paint it black right now and they kind of did a different rendition has like the darth vader breathing i would go back my my one i used to come out to rage against the machine 
Imperial March. Ooh, good one. Yeah. So then uh, Dana cut that. He was like, we need something with words. And so I would, I would bring that back. It was pretty, everybody loved that one, you know, nicknamed Darth Vader. So I'd probably go with that one. You know, I'm, I'm a country boy at heart. I love country. You know, so maybe a little Hank Williams Jr. or something would be cool. You, you mentioned Bo Cephas. He's the coolest songwriter of all time in the history of country music. He's got a song that I need you to listen to if you've never heard it. Mr. Ryan Bader, download it when we get off of this yeah. podcast. It's called Feeling Better from 1974. Not many Bo Cephas fans know I about it, it when I bring it up. It's called Feeling Better. To write this type of song, you got to be the coolest son of a bitch in the walking on earth besides our veterans and our active duty military. Bo Cephas, did you go to the Morgan Wallen concert? Did you go to Morgan Wallen a couple weeks ago in Phoenix? And if you didn't, what's the next show that you would like to see if you had a chance to go to a concert? I did not go to Morgan Wallen. Um, We were going to bring the kids and then Daisy and I had to leave the next day. So it would be just too much. Uh, babysitter and all that kind of stuff. We couldn't find one. Um, I do have Zach Bryan tickets, so that'd be the next one. Holy shit, has he blown up out of nowhere? Yeah, military yeah, out of Oklahoma, I believe, and just well deserved. And I don't know if you can even hear this son of a bitch sing at one of his concerts. The crowd's singing over him so much. We went to one of his concerts in, in Arizona, and it, it was awesome. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's one of my favorites right now. Just kind of you know, that singer songwriter country ish but yeah wife and i definitely dig his music so zach bryan's who you're going to see if you're at a concert and you say you get gorilla going with tequila and sometimes whiskey is it all beer at every concert you go to or do you sneak a little bit of the spirits i'll get i'll get some hard liquor in there for sure yeah are you a butt shaker ryan do you dance with daisy you don't dance at all I mean, I'll dance a little bit. Like she's not much of a dancer. Yeah, you know, she gets embarrassed or whatever. I would. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not afraid to embarrass myself. You know how to swing dance at all? No. Do you? Not. Yeah. Heck yeah. You know who's really good? Who? Is my freaking brother Clay, my little big brother really? Clay? I call him. Yeah. He's gotten. He's gotten. You know, Clay's not in very good shape anymore, which he was amazing shape for a long time. Yeah. But when he starts swing dancing, you're like, this son of a bitch needs to be on the Urban Cowboy movie. Like, it's uh, like he's sliding them between his legs, flipping them, throwing them over his yeah, shoulder, right, and catching yeah. them. He's doing all that athletic shit. And I'm just, you got to have perfect timing and a girl that can file. Last question on the Jack Daniels hot seat. Thank you to Jack Daniels for being the title sponsor of This Life Ain't for Everybody. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. You say you got a couple left, Bader. Who's the one you got to have? Is there one? Does it matter Ooh. anymore? Do you? Is there one that you have to have before you hang them up? No, you know it's. Uh, I fought everybody, man, and I really have. If you look through my record, um, I've got asked, you know, this question: Is there one person that you wish you would have fought? I do have one. Um, uh, Shogun Hua, you know, legend and pride, UFC Ooh. champion. We we're both two hundred five. I thought 100% that we were going to run across each other and fight when he was still in there. And we never did for some reason, you know, he actually started taking a couple losses and then, you know, I was, I was a uh, top three in the UFC. So I was fighting those guys and we never, never got to do it. And it's all out of respect, you know, mo- really every fight, you know, I, I, I fought all the legends and, you know, before they were done, I wanted to I wanted to mix it up with them, and so that's kind of the one that got away from me. Isn't Hendo and him in the Hall of Fame for that their fight or oh, their yeah. part two, part one or part two? Right? I can't remember yeah, if it's the one part you one. See, or... I mean, it was legendary, legendary fight. You know? Oh God, was it legendary? Um, is the greatest knockout in history of MMA 
Dan Hendo and Michael Bisbinger. Is there one that you, or is it the one you like to watch the most? Like, yeah. I love watching that freaking knockout, man. Yeah, I mean, Hendo's a buddy of mine, so I'm partial. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when that happened, we were actually in Vegas. My buddy fought on the undercard. And then we were by the pool, and they had a big TV screen up showing the rest of the fights. And Dan goes out there, hits them with that thing, and then flying <laughs> monkey them. It was, it was insane. I think everybody loved it because they were tired of the freaking biz yeah, big the mouth, mouth going right? off, right? Yeah. So when that happened, you know, then the USA chance started going all that. But, yeah, that was the most brutal knockout I've ever seen. Part two of that fight in England, backdoor, you know, hometown cooking for Bisming. He gets knocked down in the first, gets knocked down in the second by Hendo. It's the belts up for grabs. I just don't see Hendo losing this fight. Like the, the the way the judges scored it, I was way off of it. I see Hendo having that belt, which would have given him strike force. It would have given him uh pride and it would have given him UFC. Yeah. Like that's a career. He already had an amazing career, but he should have been the UFC champion. I thought he, I thought he won that fight too, you know, and I know he was retiring pretty hundred percent sure that he were at, you know, if he won that or not, he was retiring, right? Correct? Yeah, he was. Yep. Yeah. You know? And so I think sometimes that comes into play a little bit. If it's hundred percent. Don't wait, you know? wait, I want to, I want to pick your brain real quick. Yeah. Bare knuckle boxing. Chad Mendez just fought Alvarez, which Alvarez is a badass. He had lost to Connor. He was, a, he was a champion in the UFC, Philadelphia kid. Mendez announces his retirement before the fight. Mm-hmm. He didn't lose that fight the way that those co- those scores cards showed. I, I started wondering, like, can they really elevate this guy to get people behind him if he loses his first fight yeah. by by giving a victory to a guy that's already announced he's done? Yeah, I watched that fight too. Thought Is that I, what you're referring to with Hendo? Yeah, I kind of kind of a little bit. You know, I'm not 100 percent sure. You know, but even like even my last fight with Fedor, it was kind of like Fedor is done no matter what. And I had kind of the Beltor Brass was kind of joking with me. And they're like, you got to win this fight, you know, because what do we do with a guy that's going to win the belt and retire with the belt, you know? And then we just have to put a new two guys up there, even though may, they may not be the best because you already lost it. Started thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a weird situation. And I don't know because you have the judges scoring or whatever, but if somebody's in the judge's ear, I don't know. You know, that's uh, it's all hearsay and whatnot, but – I'm so glad I'm so glad to hear you think Hendo won that fight as the professional that you are and you understand scoring and you understand wrestling. Yeah. I just don't see him losing that fight. And I was so upset. I was so angry. Ryan Bader, October, it's coming up. Maybe we'll do one of these a little bit before the fight. Yeah, maybe maybe a couple days and then a post fight after your victory. Yep. Keep kicking ass, bro. I appreciate you coming on. And good luck with these seven tags. Shoot straight. Are any of them archery? Uh, no archery this year. What caliber are you going to use on the antelope go? On the antelope, uh, I'll probably just use my 28 nozzler. 28 nozzler. I would have probably shot. I'm a, I've been a 270 short mag guy forever yeah. because they stay so straight for those for those flat shots with an antelope. Um, I love antelope hunting, man. I freaking yeah. absolutely love trying to field judge them. It's difficult. I learned how to do it from a guy that learned how to do it from a guy from Arizona that taught us in Nevada. And um, Arizona's got the biggest antelope I've ever seen. But, man, I love that. I freaking absolutely love goat hunting. I didn't get a tag. I put in for antelope and desert sheep this year because I was eligible for antelope. Again, I had 27 desert sheep points and still didn't get a freaking tag as a resident. Come on, man. Come on. I put in Nevada every year. Yeah, my dad is actually really good. Field judging antelope. He'll be within a half inch. It's it's insane. 
That's yeah. how both my brothers are. Yeah, I, but I you got, it. but you got, but you got to be like eighty yards with a good spotting scope, like because you miss so many details of of the mass coming out of their head, how high the prong yeah. starts, and then you know you measure all that and you divide it by four, and that's where you get your measurements up the yeah. up the antler. Like it's a fun thing to do, and I love after they're dead and being able to say, "Bader, don't say nothing." I want to guess that, yeah. and I love coming within a half an inch of what it scored. You know, it's a I love field judging and score antelope i hope everybody that's listening to this knows what an antelope are just understand that they're the second fastest four-legged mammal on earth behind i believe the cheetah yeah these things can absolutely blow but ryan bader thank you my man train hard say hello to the family that's the great that's the great ryan bader we will be back at you with another episode of this life ain't for everybody again thank you to jack daniels enjoy it responsibly stay injury free and i will be in touch Scary stories we tell in the dark, featuring Chad Building. I mean, I'm not trying to brag, but I've mastered pastas, like sauces and gravies. This is unreal. Like, this is so much better. This is Italy right here. That shit's good. It's all in how you prep it. And I made a pizza sauce. Take fresh tomatoes, get the oil simmering. What's sushi rice called? Take a little bit of fresh basil just to start with. I'll add more basil as it goes. Candy corn, peanut M&Ms, garlic, because you don't want to burn your garlic. Because of the sugar in the rice mixed with the fish. And then you start adding onion, French bread, or, you know, that style of baguette. Now, it's way healthier just to nab the fish it's just a whole different way of life but i don't use any tomato sauce oh dude and i took a bite of it and i was like good god dude that shit is good this life ain't for everybody it feels good it's cool oh god it felt good yeah with chad belding we travel a lot we're up and down america's highways byways thoroughways cornfields dirt roads back roads country roads love seeing that dust in our rear view love looking over and seeing the sun set the sunrise mallard ducks pitching in to a pond in kansas a coyote howling in wyoming an antelope standing on the side of the road in nevada we get to do this all through ford trucks corning ford paul Francis, the entire crew, the customer service, the service department, the selection, the dedication to excellence and quality, the number one Ford Super Duty dealer in the West United States five years in a row. They're in the top 10 in the country and they're in a little tiny town, Corning, California. 5,000 people deep maybe, but the construction, the farming, the ranching, the almonds, the walnuts, the olives, the duck hunting, the fishing, the deer hunting and turkey hunting, predator hunting, you name it. Corning Ford is part of it. They support our lifestyle, their pricing. They refuse to mark them up. Give them a try. They'll deliver your truck anywhere in the country. They've delivered them to Alaska, Florida, so many to Nevada, so many to Northern California, all over Arizona and Colorado. They've delivered three to Tennessee. They delivered one to Minnesota to our friend Andrew at Wild Acre Kennels. It's Corning Ford. They support the outdoors, and there's nothing better than a Ford truck. These 2023 Ford Super Duties, F-250s, F-350s, the long bed, the short bed, the tremor package, watch your speed. Set that cruise control because sometimes you'll look down and be like, I'm not going that fast. Something's got to be broken. And you're pulling a trailer, and you got a leer topper on the back of it. The bed of your truck is full. They're meant for hauling. They're meant for towing. Thank you, Francis. Thank you, Paul. There's nowhere better in the country to buy your next Ford vehicle or Ford Super Duty truck than Corning Ford. Thank you all for supporting them. Hey, everybody. It's Chad Belling with the Fat Life Podcast. I'm so excited to announce the 2023 Benelli Migration Madness Sweepstakes. From August 1st through October 31st, 2023, go to shoot-on.com. Again, that is shoot-on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness for your chance to be entered to win over $15,000 in prizes, including a collection of Benelli Super Black Eagle 3s and 3 
three and a half inch 12 gauge, three inch 20 gauge, and the new 28 gauge all decked out in the new Realtree Max 7 camouflage pattern. Also included is a $4,000 online shopping spree from our friends at Banded, Greenhead Gear, and Avery Outdoors, plus three cases of ammo for each of the SBE3s from Federal Premium and a pair of Wing Shooter Alpha Shield hearing protection that are valued at over $1,400 a pair. It's the 2023 Benelli Migration Madness Sweepstakes brought to you by our friends at Banded and Federal Premium Ammunition from August 1st through October 31st. Again, go to shoot on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness to be entered to win that $15,000 in prizes. I'm Chad Belding. Good luck to everybody. This life for everybody. Guys, girls, I hope you enjoyed that great Ryan Bader. Can you imagine being the heavyweight champion in the world? Having that UFC career and now dominating in Bellator? I love that conversation. I absolutely love talking, whether you call it an interview or a discussion or just, I love just conversing with guys like Ryan because they're down to earth. They put their pants on the same way we do. They're just a little bit tougher. They got a little bit quicker hands. That dude could take me down and under a second tap me out. It's crazy to think how good of fighters these guys are. And that's what the MMA's done. I mean, it's put a whole new chapter. I mean, back in the day, for me, it was Mike Tyson. Before that, it was Foreman and Ali. And before that, it was Joe Lewis and Frazier and Rocky Marciano. The fight game has been so important to me in my life. Even back to the days of Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan and the Iron Sheik and the whatever you want to call the professional wrestling. I love college wrestling. I love high school wrestling. I love MMA. And I love talking to guys, fighters, and hearing their mindset like the great Ryan Bader. I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. I hope you tell your friends about it. Please get them to download download subscribe to the podcast our numbers are through the roof and we could not be any more appreciative to all the support that y'all give us we have great guests coming up right here at this life ain't for everybody our partner jack daniels we just signed an extension and we're so fired up for the future and everything that we have going on with our family of podcasts and partners like jack daniels the original tennessee sour mash whiskey remember enjoy it responsibly never allow underage drinking i'm chad belding I like to stay humble, but every time I see the number of downloads, I truly get humbled even more that people love what we're bringing. We're not going to stop now. This life ain't for everybody. is just getting started. I hope you all enjoyed Ryan Bader. Thank you all so much for the support. We'll be back at you with another episode. Until then, be safe. Hug your kids. Kiss your wife. Squeeze your girlfriend. Whatever it takes, just show love and compassion today. This life ain't for everybody. I love you all very much.